Gazers, welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. This is a very special Spiritual Gaze episode because it is our very first virtual live show. We're crazy. We're looking at the faces of some of our favorite gazers in a Zoom room. And this is, as always, our twice-monthly offering dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because none of this makes sense. <laughs> no. No, it really doesn't. Mm -mm. I always think that like, if our ancestors, even just like our ancestors from the early 1900s, were to have a vision of a Zoom room, they would have no idea what they were looking at. Do you oh, know what I mean? Yeah. I, mean, like, I still don't entirely <laughs> Totally. You know? Um, I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. Oh, and I'm the other host, Angel. And should we just take a moment and introduce ourselves? Yes. Okay, so I'm Brandon Alter. I am a spiritual healer. I am a tarot reader, an astrologer, a teacher of both of these things. And I'm also a writer and a performer. And I'm Angel Lopez. I am an astrologer and a writer a producer of things, a teacher of mystical skills, for I'm also a mystic. We're husbands. We're healers. We're, we're hikers. We're queelers. <laughs> and occasionally, we're messes. Oh, honey, that's true. But that's why we uh, keep it real here at The Spiritual Gaze, hence the whole none of this makes sense. If you, you may have seen that we just debuted our new logo, which we're very, very excited about. Um, and we were joking about the like designs that we want to do. I want to make a shirt that on the back, it just says, none of this makes sense. Because I just feel like that is so apropos to the world, but also just how we roll. And it looks like people are responding in the chat. So we're glad to hear it. <laughs> we got to get on it. Yeah, how do how do we get on that? Like, how do we get on merch? <laughs> I don't know. It's a whole it's a whole process. So yeah, that's, but we have some we're leads. Figure that out. <laughs> Instagram has already been like advertising me like companies that will like make an enamel pin out of your logo or less. So I'm like, you know. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing we actually wanted to pose to all of you who are here in the live chat is we were curious what alternate taglines would you give to our humble show here whether seriously or in jest feel free to read us for filth yeah, so you know our tagline is exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense yes but the library can be open yeah the library can be open this whole show are there any other alternate taglines that you would give taylor just saying personal development the spiritual gaze personal development yes occasionally it's our own personality development that we're just working out in front of you fair <laughs> occasionally occasionally meaning all the time oh and some sassy recaps of reality tv which you know we will give you today yes some for of you sure. can use it as a restroom break but you know <laughs> oh julie feff saying a home in the universe mm -hmm. i love that the spiritual gaze a home in the universe i love that if you want to go deep, you got to get weird. Okay. That is great. Mm -hmm. That's a, like a bumper sticker right there. I mean, that is such a good 2021 motto. Thank you. What a perfect distillation of the Saturn Uranus square for the astrology folks out there. Laura saying, pure joy whilst navigating the things that don't make sense. Well, that's mm -hmm. nice. I aspire to pure joy. 
Because well, I do feel like joy is hard to come by these days a little yeah. bit. Well, apparently, you know, Laura feels we exude pure joy. It's working. So there you go. <laughs> it's working. Astrology, tarot, and housewives, everything you could need in a podcast. It's so true. Like, what else do you need? <laughs> How to figure out your shit while being a mess. Amen. I mean, that's literally my motto of life. It's just that. So thank you. Come for the connection to the beyond. Stay for the hot pics of Brandon <laughs> by the pool. Oh, yeah. You saw my Leo season thirst trap, huh? Yeah. If you're not I'm, I'm not immune. Personal, <laughs> I'm not immune. He's out there on these streets. Uh, as above, so is now or will be. Mm. Oh, I like that. Very good, Lauren. Yes. And then spiritual realness, all one word. Spiritual realness. I like that a lot. Oh, I like that. Spiritual realness. I feel like if I was like a drag queen, I would maybe steal that you'd be spiritual realness yeah spiritual realness i just like the one word of that i mean a one word a one like word name drag queen is always mm -hmm. very powerful uh awake af we are today with all this caffeine we've been drinking <laughs> let me tell you i'm gonna start to levitate all right well should we uh move on thank you all for those we yeah, these are them. great and um we'll have you all sign releases after this in case we <laughs> use any <laughs> Should we do a little check-in? Yeah, let's do a little check-in. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Sure, I can go first. Honestly, what I've been reflecting on that I wanted to bring to the to the table here is the notion of our best self. Hmm. And I want to begin by apologizing for ever using that term in the past or putting <laughs> that out onto anyone. Because I realize that the idea, the concept of one's best self is, it just ain't right, y'all. <laughs> one's best self cannot be like a finite destination. And I think that it can be a terrible disservice for us to be working toward this notion, right, of the best self, because we may always just end up in like some sort of judgment, right? Like, damn it, I didn't like, I wasn't my best self today. And that's not to say that I don't believe in the low and high vibe expressions. We teach that particularly in astrology. And I do really believe that there are sort of and you know essences and you can kind of veer on the scale of them and we can probably just recognize that some of them are better <laughs> versions for our own like well-being. But I recognize that I have been operating, at least for myself, with this notion of like, well, I need to just like be trying to move toward my best self. And I create this vision of what that person looks like and acts like. But at the end of the day, I'm really just beating myself up for not entirely always being that best self. Um, so I want to like just invite the idea that we can release that notion a little bit, um, not push ourselves toward it, recognizing that there are there is a version of ourselves that maybe is like doing the thing that we're hopeful to be doing that's going to bring us joy, more joy or, you know, that we're not going to be 
mean to people or angry or what have you. Um, but at the end of the day, if we're just like consistently trying to do our best every day, then that is essentially an expression of our best self or just ourselves now. Yeah. Like you're already your best self. Yeah. And not everyone is by any means. Well, maybe not everyone's trying their best, but you don't know that, you know? Right. To me, it just makes me think about like, through whose filter are we determining best self? Right. Because I imagine, and I'm only speaking from my Capricorn moon here, that like when I think about my best self, it's definitely coming from like a productivity, status oriented, how much have I achieved? And that's not necessarily my best self. Like maybe my best self is like naked in the woods, like hanging out with all like the forest kin, you know? So <laughs> I think best self sometimes gets like very conflated with all of the things that those like self-help books are trying to sell us, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, be your best self. And it reminds me of that movie with Sarah Jessica Parker. Remember? Girls just want to have fun. No, not girls just want to have fun. Uh, how does she do it, right? And it was a movie about... <laughs> About Sarah Jessica Parker, and she's like, that one, she's right? a wife and a mother and like a businesswoman. She has it all. Like she does it all. And like the truth is, is that how how does she do it? Is that she didn't, and then she lied about it. So the idea of your best self is that like it doesn't exist. Like you can't do it all and have it all because through the eyes of like capitalism and consumerism and all that bullshit, it's like it's it's a goal you can never reach. So I really love your just like highlighting that. Yeah. Oh, and I love what Anne says, being our true self better than our best self. Bravo. Yes. Aiming toward my truest self. I like that. And all expressions of ourself is where we are supposed to be, says Taylor. Love that. Love Morla uh, mentioning our current favorite self. <laughs> oh, I like that. I'm my favorite self today. You're my favorite self today, too. Stop it. Go on. Uh, let's see, uh, and Salita sharing the value judgment inherent in that term can be an albatross. Right. Best to whom? Mm -hmm. Like best to whom? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ryan saying, right, it has a lot of conditioning wrapped around it. Exactly. And Ryan also saying that girls just want to have fun is so great though. <laughs> Thank you. Did Angel talk to you before time? Because. <laughs> I try to make Brandon watch it all the time. All the time. Because I just don't want to watch it alone, but. He just, he won't give it to me all the time. I mean, I watched it once. I know I watched it early in our relationship. I know I watched it. He did. He, he, he goes, was there a moment where this happened? I'm like, yes. See, but I just want him to watch it again. Wow. So Lita's saying that it is a masterpiece. Okay. Thank all right. you, sister friend. Well, when we get the have to like the spiritual gaze, like movie club. Oh my goddess. Well, it'll be one of them. But anyhow, what are you, uh want to share oh my check-in okay well if you've been following us on instagram and our stories you'll know that there have been some like bird nests that have that have been happening outside of our house and there was one little bird that was like abandoned and angel and i were like literally gutted by this and we would just stand at the window and just look at this like little baby bird and be like what's gonna happen to you just all day and honestly i was talking about this with my therapist and i was like the world is so bleak right now and i feel like i have so little control that i'm putting everything on this little bird like i have to be able to save this bird like it's the only thing that i can do oh is that what we were doing well i mean that was what i was doing i was like i can't worse. make a difference in anything except this bird like I can save this bird. So 
we were like, it's really hot. Like maybe the bird needs water. So I like put like a little like dish of water, like up in the eaves. And then I was like, wait, maybe like the bird doesn't even know how to drink it. Cause it's like a baby bird. And it's like mom always. So I went and got like a turkey baster and I was like dropping little droplets of water in this like baby bird's mouth. And then I Googled like what to do with a baby bird. And I see like, do not give it water. So now I'm like, okay, I've literally just killed this baby bird. I'm like, and then I'm calling like the bird sanctuary in Los Angeles. And they're like, it's fine. Like, leave yeah. it alone. Because um, I said to the woman, I was like, the mama bird hasn't come back. And she's like, well, have you been watching like 24 seven? Because she might have come back for like a minute and you just missed it. And I was like, okay, that's that's probably fair. Yeah. He was busy watching that Julianne Moore Apple TV plus Stephen show. King thing. Let's not get into Lisey's story because it was very problematic. But anyway, long story short, an hour later, the mama bird comes back. And then the next day, baby bird is gone. Baby bird flew. So the good news is that all of the birds made it. And no baby birds died in the nest on our watch. And it just, you know, it was, it was a small, it was a small win. Yeah. I know. And now I'm just Googling, how long do I need to wait before I can clean out the nest? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> those nests get gross by the time they leave it, y'all. Yeah. We're but like housekeeping for those birds. Yeah. I just kind of want to leave it alone. Yeah. Every time I see it, it brings me such joy. Well, there was one more thing I wanted to uh, check in around. Can I? Yeah, please. Okay. So this is actually something I like wanted to engage everybody around, which is kind of like a deeper, slightly complex conversation about like separating the art from the artist. Because I find myself still referencing like Harry Potter all the time in my daily life and then like immediately being like, nope, wait, delete. Because in case you don't know, like JK Rowling is a garbage human with a garbage heart. She is like more than just transphobic. She is like vehemently anti-trans. And so we have to, even though like cancel culture as like a term and a concept is something I would like to explore more for the sake of brevity, we need to cancel her. But I'm like, what about Harry Potter? There's all this like beautiful, meaningful stuff. And it's like so in the collective and i just don't know where i stand on it i just don't know where i stand on like separating the art from the artist and maybe if she were no longer alive i would be like well like we can just talk about it because but while she's alive i'm like well if we talk about it are we empowering it are we like putting more money in her pockets are we like i don't know laura sharing as a trans person who is absolute slytherin me too thank you i feel this deeply <laughs> of course <laughs> So we can talk about this specifically, or we can just talk about like separating the art from the artist and, and can it be done? And at what point does the art no longer belong to the artist? Is it, but also how do we engage with it? I right. don't know. Yeah. There was a lot of conversation around that. I remember when that Woody Allen documentary came out and a lot of people were um, saying, well, can we still enjoy some of the films um, while not being a fan or a supporter of the person. Um, though that one, I feel like even if you tried, it's so much harder to do because all of the movies are literally about Woody Allen, like touching young ladies. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Like we already knew it then. Um, but I will say, like, as a massive Madonna fan, like, obviously my queen. The lady has done some real problematic things. And I have some like hardcore Madonna stan friends who are like, she can do no wrong. She's amazing. She's brilliant. And they're kind of living off the like 80s notion of her when she was like a huge 
like advocate. And she has done amazing things. Like, I don't think I would have survived the eighties to be honest, if like I hadn't gotten to the point where I like saw queer people like brought to the forefront in the way that she did. But at the same time, she has done and said some like, you know, some things that she necessarily doesn't really like take accountability for. And I recognize that, but at the end of the day, I still went and saw that damn Adam X show like twice. <laughs> he did see it twice. I mean, I might have even went three times. I don't even remember because I was just there so much. But, you know, so it's challenging. Wow, there's some really good... I want to read some of these things that are that are showing up. So Lindsay's sharing, I recently had a long conversation about this with some trans friends. We decided basically we've already lost the notion that she's a good person. Well, yes. We don't have to give up the joy and meaning we found in Harry Potter. We can be thoughtful about how we want to... Give her our money. Give her our money in the future. But HP is ours, LOL. But also in a way true, right? Like once the art leaves the artist, it does belong to everybody. Um, and you've probably heard us talk on the show, like we believe in like the spirit of stories. We believe in the oh, yeah. spirit of songs and projects and characters and that like we channel it, but that doesn't belong to us. In the same way that like a child doesn't belong to its mother at a certain point, right? Like you're your own thing. So that's an interesting mm -hmm. point of view here. Yeah. Uh, Denton uh, sharing Dumbledore is the spiritual gay wizard mentor we all need and want. Totally. Get that. Um, and sharing, I think we have to because no artist is perfect. If you dig into any artist's backstory, you will find dirt. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. That's like, true, and probably. I always think about that with teachers too, right? Like, you have to separate the teaching from the teacher because everybody is flawed. Yeah, I mean, if y'all were following us around cameras and then took classes, with <laughs> you us, would you'd be not. like, "What am I doing?" I mean, <laughs> it probably actually wouldn't be that surprising. <laughs> right? It's really just us talking to the dog, as if he were a human, which he is. Um, yeah, Julie sharing flawed people channel brilliant things. It happens a lot in science and academia. Justin sharing there's nothing in the actual Potter canon that hints at the author's evil sick spirit, actually the opposite, which makes mm -hmm. it challenging. Mm -hmm. Somebody just commented Michael Jackson. Yeah. 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 For me, it's really a question of like, you know, because we live in a capitalistic society. So like we vote with our dollars, right? Like what we and and even though like I'm not gonna buy any more like Harry Potter stuff even talking about it or referencing it, I'm like, is this, in what ways is this empowering a person that I don't want to empower? I don't know. It's just a complicated, it's a complicated question, which is why I brought it to all of you for my check-in here. I am reminded that we went to Universal Studios with my family. This was years ago. And my mom was like secretly dead set on buying Brandon an entire Harry Potter wizard outfit. I don't know why. She, I don't know why <laughs> she was like, felt like I wanted And she this. would just like come up to me throughout the day and like whisper like, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to get him that outfit. He's going to be so excited. And I was like, mama, you really don't have to do that. Like, that's very sweet. And like, and I would go and look at the price. I was like, mom, you really don't. Dead set on it. So at the end of the day... <laughs> She's like, we're about to leave. It's been a very long day. We've been like with Angel's like four-year-old nephew. Like I've really like gone beyond <laughs> what I can do. And Angel's mom is like, wait, wait, wait. I have something for you. And she hands me these like two big like plastic Universal Studios bags. And I'm like, what is this? You know? And it's like made out of like the cheapest polyester, right? It's like a typical like hot. And I pull it out and like there's like the robe and the scarf and like the hood, like the whole thing. And I'm like... Thank you so much. I was 
dead. I was honestly just horrified. I was like, I can't believe you spent hundreds of dollars on this thing that like is going to live in my closet until I like give it to Goodwill. I mean, because she loves you, Brandon. I know. And, and I love her too. And that's her expression of love as someone raised by her. Trust me. She recently just sent me from North Carolina a charcuterie board that has a cutout of share and it says share cutery. So there you go. So you win some, you lose some. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Angel has a photo of me, I think, like scowling in this Harry Potter costume because I like put it on once just to send a photo to his mom and we'll find it. Maybe put it on we'll the Instagram. Sh- yeah, we'll share it to the social media. <laughs> um, all right. There's a lot of really actually interesting. I mean, the chat is like blowing up about uh this concept and i think i want to share like one or two more and then we'll have to move on okay so laura shared i think the feelings that the art gave us is ours which i think is like really beautiful when is true if we feel empowered supported seen uplifted then that's the influence of the art accountability to me looks like watching the artist to see if they are learning and changing and if not then we can make decisions about how we interact going forward I think the relationship is directly proportional to how much you love, need the art artist. Yeah. And Harry Potter, you know, like I love it and I reference it all the time because it's like easy and maybe I'm being a little lazy, but like I could take it or leave it. There's other stories out there, you know? Yeah. Or you can just make one. True. All right, everybody. Uh, I think we should move on because we want this episode to be the length of a normal episode. (laughs) And so why don't we head into... Well, if it was the length of a normal episode that we actually (laughs) recorded, it would be two and a half hours. But you all hear the edited version. (laughs) Um, But yeah, let's move on. Yeah. So let's head into this episode's Cosmic Cosmic Update. All right, y'all. So let's talk about the cosmos. Let's do it. Now, it's of note to know that the day we're recording this is the Leo new moon. So happy new moon to those who are literally present with us. But when this comes out, it will have been a while since it happened. Uh, but there are a few things that are happening right around this. We'll um, have on the 11th, Mercury entering Virgo and ushering a little more of that Virgo energy. Which is great. It like provides a little bit more order and stability. If we remember that Virgo is one of the two signs that Mercury is most at home in, the other being mm-hmm. Gemini. So with all of the chaos, it's nice when you have a planet move into one of its home signs, um, especially Mercury and Virgo, which like helps us wrap our heads around things, helps us organize our mind, perhaps organize our words, mm-hmm. um, organize our narratives a little bit. Like if Mercury is the planet of how we communicate and also like how we metabolize information into meaning, then in Virgo, I think we're able to separate what's meaningful from what isn't. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like in, you know, because Mercury also rules Gemini, and I feel like in that Gemini space, Mercury's like really involved in curiosity, right? It's a bit more of like a fast-paced energy. Um, Whereas with Virgo, it's much more like process-oriented. Now, I feel like I want to say that's a, a... a slower version, but I'm sure my anyone who has Mercury and Virgo would be like, uh, what? <laughs> There's nothing slow about it because it's still active. 
But I do think it's like can be active with like goals in mind, right? There's some sort of like, it's like working towards something. Whereas Gemini might be working just like towards just an open-ended idea of something. Um, Virgo, it's nice that it like wants to help ground it to some degree. So I feel with this time with Mercury and Virgo, it does just invite a little more, like you said, just like an ability to help organize the thoughts in a way that's a little more valuable to us. Yeah. Well, I always think of Virgo as like harvest season, right? And I mean, I've never harvested anything literally in my life, but I know theoretically that when you harvest crops, there's parts that you use and parts that you can't use. That's just like the nature of harvest. Mm -hmm. And so that's like what we're doing. It's like, well, this actually, we can't use this. Like we can't really do anything with like the husk of the corn. I mean, I know you can't actually do things with the husk of the corn, so that's a bad example. But again, I'm not a farmer, so I don't know what you actually can't use. But that's the idea here with anything in Virgo. It's like, we can't use this, so we're just going to move this away and take what we can of value. And that's healing, right? Like Virgo as the healer of the Zodiac is like, you can use this, you can't use this, so we're going to release you of this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see, Laura sharing, it's their natal placement. Find it as more internal and Mercury and Gemini more external. Yeah, very much so, I feel. Because, yeah, that Mercury and Gemini is much more interested in, you know, Gemini literally rules, like, the neighborhood, right? It's like, let's go out and, like, get ideas of how to figure this out. Whereas, yeah, Virgo is like, yeah, let me go within. And that's some of that healer quality too, right? It's like you can tap into a bit more of that, like, internal space, that internal self. So I feel excited for a little Mercury and Virgo energy. I'm still getting over Mercury's run through cancer. So I feel like I haven't <laughs> caught up with that. Well, and then a couple of days later on the 15th, Venus moves into Libra. So again, mm-hmm. another planet moving into their home sign. Gorgeous. Sensual. So I've been actually thinking about this recently. Um, like what's the difference like between Venusian air and Venusian Earth, like the difference between Taurus and Libra, the two signs that Venus rules. And I was like, oh, well, Venusian air is like beautiful sense mm-hmm. and beautiful words, beautiful stories. You know, it's these things, beautiful song. And so there is, again, in the midst of all this chaos that we're experiencing, now two planets. Well, also, I mean, Saturn's in Aquarius, so Saturn's also in his home sign. But we have two planets that aren't quite so challenging to deal with, Mercury and Venus in their home signs, which at least like, you know, like if your house is a mess and you don't have a ton of time, you can like at least make your bed. And all of a sudden that like changes how you feel about things. You're like, well, it's not a total clusterfuck here. I've got it together. The bed is made, you know, like there's no clothes on the floor. To me, that's kind of how it will feel when we have Venus and Libra and Mercury and Virgo. It's like, well, it's not all a mess. Like we have some things in order. And I love Bryn is sharing Venus and Libra equals atmospheric ambience, Mm. which is lovely. Yeah. Nikki sharing my natal placement. Queen of a quick fix clean. (laughs) (laughs) Spent too much tidying. Ugh to the deep clean, though. That is so good. Oh, yes. And Shawnee, Mercury and Virgo and Venus and Libra. Look at you. So you're going to have, yeah, Mercury return and a Venus return. Double return. Oh, my God. What nice. How nice. And the sun's in Leo. So there are so many things that are at home, right? And also, I'll just say that, like, having Venus in... Libra, which is an air sign, while Saturn and Jupiter are in Aquarius, which is another air sign. It'll be nice because Venus will be able to assert a little bit of her influence 
on those planets, which like sweetens things, you know, like she might be able to soothe Saturn in a way, especially because both of those planets are moving backwards and she's moving forward. So she kind of has the upper hand. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to the back half of this month in that capacity. And did you mention the the node square that day? No. On the 15th? Okay. So this is on the 15th. So just important to note too, that uh, Mars will be squaring the nodes. You mean Mercury? Oh yeah, sorry, Mercury will be squaring the nodes that day. Which, you know, feels like faded words, right? Whenever we're dealing with the nodes of fate, we're dealing with fate. Um, so like faded words, faded conversations, you even were saying like faded ideas, because it's Mercury, so mm -hmm. it might be interesting. And again, because it's Virgo, Okay, so let me just back up and say this. So when Mercury's in Gemini, because Gemini is the twins, it's like, I want to explore everything. Like the road forks and I want to go down both of them. Like I want to try it all on. And then when Mercury's in Virgo, it's like, okay, I tried it all on. I created all these possibilities and now I have to refine. So in the refinement, that square to the nodes gives us the sense of like the path and where we're headed. And because it's squaring the node in Gemini, it's like, okay, you explored all the paths, but at the end of the day, you really can only walk one. So which one is it going to be? Mm. Yeah, I feel like it's a good check-in time around just like your nodal story, you know, wherever you have like Gemini in your chart. Like, how am I moving toward some sort of new iteration of, of that place in my life, right? Yeah. Lastly, I think the biggest piece is that Uranus is going to be stationing retrograde at 14 degrees Taurus on the 19th. Which is important because then that means literally every outer planet will be moving backwards in the sky. So let's talk about that because Uranus is the co-star of the biggest piece of astrological news this year. It's Uranus and Saturn in that square. They're doing the dance all year. Um, they're actually going to be about six degrees apart. So they're not like right on top of each other. Yeah, in line. But now they're just like canoodling from a distance. Um, so it does feel like with that retrograde energy, it invites like, you know, all retrogrades invite like a slowdown, right? So if you have Jupiter and Saturn already in a retrograde space, and then you have Uranus enter that as well, it does offer this opportunity to kind of not really just slow down, but I almost feel like it's a catch up with yourself because I don't know about you all, but like I have been feeling a lot of like, okay, now this, so I got to deal with this. Okay, there's this. And like, oh, right. Oh, yeah. These emotions I haven't processed too are coming back up. Great. Here we go. So I feel like between now and October, which is when we start to get some direct energy happening, we can just allow some like recalibration around the bigger shifts that have been going on for ourselves and our lives. It's like that meme I've seen that says like, being an adult is saying, after next week, things will calm down for the rest of your life. <laughs> and so maybe with all of these planets retrograde, we actually will have the opportunity to slow things down Yeah. after next week. Yeah. The other piece of this that I think we should talk about is Uranus and Taurus, Uranus is chaos. Uranus is innovation. Uranus is the unexpected. Taurus, of course, is the sign of Mother Earth. There does seem to be this direct correlation between a lot of the climate crises that we've been experiencing mm -hmm. and Uranus. Like the ocean is on fire, right? Like 
I'm not going to go into it because we all know what's going on and it's pretty bleak, which is why I like cried over that baby bird. And I was like, just you have to live, baby bird. <laughs> but I'm hopeful that perhaps the retrograde will slow down some of the crises and it will empower the integration and the changes we have to make. Again, it's that square to Saturn in Aquarius, which is the collective. We're all in this together. Like we're seeing things happen and maybe we can start to understand what we can do to not stop it because I don't think it's going to stop. I mean, Uranus is only halfway through Taurus and is moving backwards. Like Uranus is going to be in Taurus for a while. And that's not even to suggest like once Uranus is out of Taurus, like the climate crisis is over. Though goddess, I wish that were true. I think it's just that like, we're going to continue to see this escalation of things happening in the environment. And we're going to continue to have to be pushed to how we're going to personally and collectively respond to it. Yeah. Um, let's see, Taylor asking, do we feel like these retrogrades might involve another lockdown in the near future? Short answer, yes. Long answer, no with a but. <laughs> yeah. And some are already in another lockdown. Yeah. So. The only caveat to that is Jupiter in Aquarius now again, right? Like Saturn has called Jupiter back into Aquarius. Like, hey, Jupiter, like we need you again. And Jupiter does bring new solutions. So there might be a better solution than a lockdown. I don't know what that is, you know, but we might see like, instead of a lockdown, we're going to do this instead. So there's that potentiality. But yeah, I think if we just like continue to follow the story of COVID as it's been happening through an astrological lens, we're kind of in it until basically the end of December now mm -hmm. when Jupiter will move back into Pisces. Um, and we're also still looking at that third square between Saturn and Uranus that happens on Christmas Eve. So it's like, yeah, unfortunately, this is this is the story that we're in. Um, yeah. Shift it up. Yeah. All right. So just to uh, cap off, also, it still is Leo season. It is. It will be. We're, we're only halfway there, y'all. Yeah, for a little longer. So here are some tips, just five tips on things you can do to make the most of the rest of this Leo season. Tip number one, invest in a wig. Wigs help you change the way you see yourself. Wigs are the mane of the lion. Wigs are for everybody. Mm -hmm. Invest in a wig. Yeah. And it's like an invitation into just like shifting up your look to some degree, you know? So even if you are just getting tired of certain things, throw some shit out, invite some new stuff in. Color. Yeah. And maybe that's like tip number two is like clear out your closet of things that like no longer reflect who you are, right? Yeah. Like if it ain't you, don't wear it. Get rid of it. And with all this Virgo energy, it can help you kind of propel towards some of that, right? Yeah. Um, take a meditative journey to your heart, sit in meditation and kind of ask your heart, what do you want of me at this time? Yeah. Because the heart wants what it wants, y'all, to quote a sage of our modern times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you don't know what the heart wants, then how can you... How can you give it what it wants, you know? Mm -hmm. So true. So yeah. true. Oh. And for those of you that know how to journey in yes. the way that, that we talk about it, you could journey to your heart and ask it what it wants to mm -hmm. show you what it wants. Mm -hmm. A selfie a day, you know, just force yourself to make a pose and selfie it up. It doesn't have to be for public consumption. No, it's for you. It's for you. And it could be cool next Leo season to look back. And be like, oh, here's what I was giving in 2021's Leo season. Invest in your selfie esteem. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, you know I love a fun. You know I, I know. can't help it. I'm I love sorry. it. 
Um, and you can also just commit to a creative project or a hobby that brings you joy and or recommit to one. If maybe you had one that you kind of went, oh, I'll get back to that. Now's the time. And one little last one. A bonus, six things to do for Leo season. Create a verbal self-mantra that you can state to yourself each morning and night into the mirror. Just some sort of self-love, I got you, your gorgeous verbiage that you can deliver to yourself. I have a new self-love mantra. What is it? Well, I think we should talk about it in... Oh, yes. Perfect segue. A little dose of reality. So we're watching Drag Race España. Oh my God, it's so good. And I'm obsessed and I think it's my favorite in the franchise. Mostly because in watching non-Americans express themselves through drag, I'm realizing how fucking repressed we all are. <laughs> Just like, we are so repressed. Yeah. I didn't even realize it. And at the end of Drag Race España, they say, you know, like at the end of RuPaul's Drag Race, they say like, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell can you love anybody oh, yeah. else? Can I get an amen? Amen. So they say something else in Drag Race España, which is amazing. And I Googled it because I was so obsessed with it. And I thought it was the lyrics to a uh, Talia song. Talia, yeah. Talia. But then I found out, actually, it's not. She did a cover of this song in 2002, but it's actually an Alaska song. And I didn't really know who Alaska was, but she's this like 80s, like pop rock diva who's Mexican, but was like a big deal in Spain. And it was part of like, um, like the liberation movement in Spain in the 80s. So I'm going to try to say it in Spanish and then I'll say it in English. So it's, ¿A quién le importa que lo hago? ¿A quién le importa que lo dice? Yo soy así y así seguiré. Nunca cambiaré. Which means, who cares what I say? Who cares what I do? This is me and that's how it's going to be. I will never change. And I'm kind of obsessed with that. <laughs> when you've been saying my soul, my will soul never will change, never change because I, I do think we change, but I think like the yeah. So I I took a little <laughs> liberty Creative in my translation. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we have been living for Drag Race España just because it kind of takes you back a little bit to the beginnings of Drag Race when it was like a little rough around the edges. Um, and so pure and so creative yeah. and a little less like homogenized. Like I feel like drag race in the, um, in the States has kind of become the same thing. Like, you know what it takes to win. Yeah, it's like turn a gorgeous look. Yeah. Totally. Whereas this feels like much more like individuality centered, like every queen on there is very different, which yeah. Yeah, it just feels uh, much more interesting to watch. And it's not RuPaul hosting. It's this Spanish queen named Supreme Deluxe, who is amazing and who only has 10,000 followers on Spotify. But like, I'm obsessed with her Spanish pop. Oh my it's gosh. brilliant. It is played every night while we're washing dishes now. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually loving the I know, it's too. So good. Yeah, it's really good. And yes, uh, <laughs> if you were in Breathwork yesterday, that was one of the affirmations that we said out loud during Breathwork. <laughs> and I'm glad, yeah, Michelle is saying that it was very powerful. So I'm glad that that worked. Oh, good, good, good. Um, but yeah, so give yourself, do yourself a favor. Yeah. You can down, it's on the World of Wonder app, I think, which you can get a seven day free Trial. Trial. So just, and binge, just binge the drag thing in a week. <laughs> if you don't want to, you know, give money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely fun. And then, of course, we have the American Drag Race All-Stars 
in process as of this recording. There's Which I'm very much enjoying. queens left. I am very much enjoying as well. Um, I like it because there's not a lot of, like, catfighty drama, you know? Like, there's just a lot of, like, support and, like, let's show. <laughs> Taylor's saying, I want the game reveal. I know, like, the game within a game. I was saying to Brandon yesterday, I was like, I feel like 2021 is just, like, now become the game within a game. <laughs> like, I'm just like... Yeah, like, just trying to live your life in the midst of everything yeah. else that's happening like, feels oh, like a game yeah, within like, a game. This is a game within a game. Um, but, yeah, there's a whole game reveal that I'm like, when are you going to happen? Um, but, yeah, I've been really enjoying all the queens and the, like, um, various challenges. I think have been really fun. Yeah. Last week's Snatch Game of Love is always a favorite. Mm-hmm. Kylie did an amazing Dolly Parton. Because I think Dolly Parton is... Hard. I think it's hard to do because she's so specific. And you, it's like share. Like, unless you can do it perfectly, it's going to be bad. And she did... And she made it so effortless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, she had the essence of Dolly. Yeah. It was so sweet. I'm, like, very much Team Kylie Very right Team now. Kylie over here. But, oh, like Nikki said, yeah. I am, like, Team Raja Kylie and... Trinity K. Bonet. Yes, as I mean. Well. Like, just bring them all into the finale already. But I am intrigued to see what this game within a game is going to reveal. And I'm just going to say, as controversial as it may be, I'm really glad Jan's gone. <gasps> oh. I just felt like there's a there's a Stephen Sondheim lyric that goes like this. Sometimes when the wrappings fall, there's nothing underneath at all. And that's kind of how I feel about Jan is like, there's no there there. And I know that that's controversial. I know she has a huge following, but I would just encourage everyone to help me find the there because I haven't been able to find it. Well, I guess we'll cancel that request to Jan's publicist. <laughs> okay. All right. To be on the show. I mean, you know, I just, I think there's some, I think there's some deeper self-inquiry that would benefit her yeah. track. We'd love to see it. Oh, Taylor Shirley reading Jan Rosé and Milk to Filth, saying all the same to me. I can vibe that. We were having a whole conversation about how, like, with friends, about how there is, like, a lot of love for Jan. And our friends were saying that, like, it's because Jan just kind of exudes this, like, basic quality that, in quotes, basic, that a lot of people just also respond to because it keeps, it allows them to feel like they can stay basic as well or something along those lines. Yeah. Well, speaking of basic, should we take a moment and talk about Erica Jane and the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? We're housewives obsessed. We We can't help it. We can't. It's there. It's a really good moment to be somebody who watches the housewives, especially Beverly Hills, because it is juicy AF, y'all. It is. It feels like almost Greek in scope, right? Like, it feels like a myth. You have this woman who's been married to this like very powerful yeah. man for 20 years. If you don't know what's going who on. Who has a very public image that's crafted around how rich she is. And now we're being shown how it was all built on, on a lie. Yeah, on the backs of orphans and widows. And like watching her navigate this is... it. Like I definitely like need a hot shower after every episode, but... Sometimes it's fun to be dirty. But yeah, basically there's a woman named Erica Jane who's on it. She, well, Erica Girardi, stage name Erica Jane, star of Broadway Chicago. And she uh, is married to a very rich power, well, rich is in quotes, powerful attorney. Personal injury attorney. Personal injury attorney. And then it turns out that he was... Embezzling all the money that should have gone to the victims to support her glam pop lifestyle. Yes. And so she was getting all of his money... And now he is basically, yeah, 
being investigated for all these crimes. And she's like, I didn't know a thing. Um, and I, didn't, I hadn't out. gone into a bank until six months ago. And I'm like, girl, you've been in a bank. Like, I, I don't believe that. Yeah, she had her own business. Yeah. I don't know. So Lindsay asking, do you think she knew? Yes. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> of course she did. You know, the the problematic Bethany Frankel tweeted this week, you can't play smart and dumb at the same time. And I agree with that because I think that's what Erica Jane's doing. Like this whole time she's shown us that she's a very intelligent, she's a cancer, but she's very Capricorn-esque. She's leaning into that polarity. And now all of a sudden she's got this whole sob story about like, I tried to talk to him about it and he wouldn't tell me. And I'm like, no, like that's not who you are. We all know that you would have shaken him down, that you are in charge of your own destiny. Like there's no way that you were this yeah. in the dark around it. Yeah. Especially because like, she met Tom when she was in her like mid late 20s. So she was already self-supporting. She was, you know, a single mother, like she already had agency. So even though she might have like spent 20 years being kept, so to speak, she still had that in her. And she gives us this whole story about like, well, we just lived on credit cards and he would just give me handfuls of cash. And I'm like, you didn't pay your like 12 glam squad stylists with handfuls of cash and credit cards. Like there was some checking account out of which things were paid. Like something is not adding up. Too many holes in the story, people. Too many holes. Yeah, she went to a bank before. So like she, like you guys going to a bank, we all know is not that complicated. If you did it in your 20s, you know how to do it in your 50s, right? Like yeah. it's actually easier now because you can literally do it from your phone. I do feel like it was scary the first time I went to a bank though. Yeah. So I understand any apprehension one has into walking into a financial institution. For sure. But you do it. If I could do it. Erica Jane definitely could. And this Leo season, do it in a new wig. <laughs> All right. So thank you for uh, thank you for stumbling through our our dose of reality. Yes. Now we want to get into a little fun Q and A sesh. Yeah, we want to engage with you guys because you're here and we don't always have you here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we have some fun questions that we thought we would pose to y'all, and if anybody wants to answer via in the chat or we'll unmute you and you can share your lovely dulcet voice with all the gazers out there. So do you want to share some of the questions? Sure. Uh, first off, we have uh, like a more astrological question for our astrology heads out there. What's the shadiest trait of your sun sign that you're willing to own up to? Yeah, like what have you heard people throw shade about your sign about and you're like that's not true like how dare you but in your heart you're like that's true yeah, that's I do that. me yeah i do that okay i'll go first people always say that aquarius sons are really good at like ghosting and leaving people on read and i am so good at that <laughs> and i don't even mean to do it it's just like i'll see something and i'll be like oh i need to respond to this and then two and a half weeks go by and i'll be like i never responded to that <laughs> i know if you ever dm us and it goes unanswered to for two and a half months it means brandon opened it means i opened it <laughs> but sometimes you get lucky and i leave like a voice memo that's what i've started right. doing is i'll just because again i'm an air sign so i'm like you know what it's gonna take me too long to write something back so i'm just gonna leave a little voice memo and respond to it in real time and then and then i know it's been tended yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Laura's admitting that Aries are hotheads. I'm looking at Angel because he's an Aries. I I don't I don't relate to that. Sorry. As an Aries I rising, I can that relate one. to that. Mm -mm. Salita, I'm a Libra. How long do you have? I mean, we can give you a couple minutes. You wanna 
(laughs) (laughs) Do you want to talk? Well, in the most Libran move ever, I didn't realize that everybody thinks that Libra is the most shallow, flirty, uh, impulse spendy sign of the Zodiac. And still, I started reading the Astro Poets. Have y'all read them? They're fantastic. And I was like, why are they saying all these tacky things about Libras? And then (laughs) my partner called me from the other room and was like, um, you need to come in here. We need to have a conversation about your spending. And I was like, oh, that's why they're saying all these tacky things about Libra. Oh my gosh. So that They're not that, that we love glitter, that we're impulsive, that we're flirty, that we, you know, we, um, we shop away our sorrows, et cetera. Um, but I, you know, and, and so now I, I realize that, yeah, I guess those are all things that um, I own. Because Libras are also amazing warriors for justice. It's just we're wearing glitter while we're yeah, and yeah. That's you the need best to way to do it. You I need to say. light that hundred dollar candle first, and then Hello? you'll you'll battle for for justice because it's the best one. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes they really are. <laughs> we bought a hundred dollar candle recently. Well, not recently because we've been really savoring it, and I'm gonna be sad when it's gone. Oh yes, yes, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. But we're all, but it's also gorgeous. It's like a Jonathan Adler a candle. So then it's like going to become a planter when it's done because like you're really buying the the candle container. Yeah, and we'll never buy it again. We'll never buy it again. <laughs> but thank you, Salita. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, Salita. Thank you. <laughs> it's hysterical. Uh, Capricorn secretive for sure. Yes, mm-hmm. that is true. That's true. I'm married to a Capricorn moon. Okay. All right. I don't be put on red. Uh, Lindsay nitpicky judgmental compulsive high expectations you can guess the sign i mean i'm gonna say virgo that was where my head was going Lindsay, did yes. we get it <laughs> we, we got it okay. all right yeah well, good for you own all that uh taylor very much goes for the jugular and heated fight pointed and hurtful but accurate words scorpio, scorpio. <laughs> And sharing that cancers can be passive aggressive. So my moon is secretive and yours is passive aggressive. I own that. Aries, opposite of Brandon's. I respond before I think. Yes, as an Aries, I can own that. I do that as well. Taurus is stubborn. As a Taurus rising, I can own that as well. Oh, my God. I love this. Uh, Laura sharing, critical Virgo, I will show up to your party and tell you how you could have done it with a tone that implies should have. I'm working on it. (laughs) Amazing. Well, we'll call you before we throw our party and we can just collaborate, okay? Yeah, totally. And Bryn sharing Pisces, can stay in victim mode a bit too long. Also, sometimes choosing to go down all the unhealthy rabbit holes. Uh, Amazing. Amazing. Thanks for your courage, everybody. We yeah. can heal through this through this telling of the truth. Um, all right, we have a tarot-ish question. Do you want to yeah. throw that out there? Okay, so which tarot card are you currently? And potential follow-up question, which tarot card do you aspire or want to become more like? Taylor Shirley, is this true? You're getting the death card tattooed on yourself on Friday the 13th? Wow, so where are you getting it tattooed? Unmute yourself. <laughs> so hi i'm taylor um i am getting it tattooed on the back of my right uh like right above my elbow on my right arm like your right tricep yeah and are you what death card like the traditional rider weight smith 
No. So the Holy Spectrum card, it's inspired by that from the deck that y'all have. Yeah. Um, it's kind of going to be a combination of that and, you know, the, the famous uh, s- skeletons of the couple that died in Pompeii. It's going to be mm. kind of a combination of those two cards. So kind of referencing the lovers a little bit too, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, ta- yeah. So leaning into your Gemini and your Scorpio. Yeah. So, okay. So you are the death card is what you're saying to us. I think so. And think- is, is there a card you feel like you're moving towards as well? Ooh. Um, I kind of feel like I'm moving towards the hermit. Oh, Okay. I like it. Do you have it scheduled, this tattoo appointment? Uh, Yes, it's going to be around noonish on Friday the 13th. Oh my goddess. I mean, you are just the Scorpio Scorpio I know. (laughs) (laughs) And I live for it. Uh, It is heavy in my chart, yeah. Inspiration. Well, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and you'll have Mercury and Virgo when it's happening, so that'll be good because it'll be... It'll be organized. You also have you also have Venus right before she moves into Libra, so you'll have her in Virgo as well. So I feel like it's going to be like gorgeous, on point, like very organized. Can't wait. Well, thanks for sharing. Thanks, baby boo. All right, Laura's going to share. Hello, this is so intimidating, Taylor. You did it so well. Um, <laughs> hi, friends. Hi. I think right now I'm three of swordsing it. I'm in the country, I'm like looking at my stuff, I'm meditating on pulling those swords out of the heart a lot, visualizing that. Um, I'm moving towards the tower. And I know that's controversial, but it's the limo, right? Like ever since we talked about that in a class, it's all I think about, it's the limo of spirit. Like I'm ready for the ride, you know? I think once a three of swords moment happens, to go into kind of a tower space doesn't feel bad. It feels kind of cleansing. I'm just meditating on how, like, once you pull those swords out, you can actually fit into the limo. 100%. Because otherwise, you'd like, you wouldn't be able to get in. Yeah, I love that. And I really just love the notion of like the tower as breakthrough yeah. energy. Yeah. It's like you kind of need the explosion. To clear the decks, right? Yeah. You got it. Um, well, good for you. <laughs> yeah, and we're all obsessed with those birds that are that are supporting you and cheering you on in your three of swords well, moment. Yeah. It actually reminds me of you know the three of the three of cups in the wild unknown tarot, and it's those three little mm-hmm. birds like on a wire. It's kind of like in the three of swords, there's also maybe three of cups too. Like those little birds are trying to help you. Well, here we are, the three of cups right now. Oh, my goddess. Oh, my gosh. We're three little birds. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for holding the space as always. Appreciate you both. Oh, thank you for showing up in all your splendor. All right, should we ask uh, another question? Yeah, let's comment on anything going on. Um, Just that another three here. Bryn's been pulling three of wands a lot lately. And... uh, in my life path year 11, so strength or justice, and also the high priestess too, because we just add one and one and we get two, so there's a little bit of that as well. Mm. Definitely trying to step into strength. Love that. Um, and the, yeah, some people just shared, uh, Justin's the fool moving to magician. Love it. Wow, power combo. Two of pentacles moving towards ace of swords. And yes, the change gets you to that new story. 
Michelle just sharing eight of swords <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot of swords myself right now. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, with Taylor's permission, we will share that tattoo. Yeah, we will for sure. For all of you. Um, though you can also follow Taylor Shirley because it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful insta. journey. Yeah, it's a beautiful insta moment and very scorpionic because sometimes it just erases and starts over. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> oh, Anna's in a death year. Me too, Anna. And death is my card for the month. Like I'm very death right now. And it's, I'm like, oh yeah, death is hard. Like whenever I teach death, I'm like, it's, it's great, you guys. It's beautiful. And I mean, I'm like, oh God, death. But what tarot best represents who you want to become? Honestly, I think temperance, which is like the next card after death, but I really want to find the balance, you know, um, because I feel like I'm so all or nothing. I can be so like, I'm doing it or I'm not doing it at all. And I really need the blending. I did a spread for myself where you pull cards for each house of your chart to understand like, what is the energy of your birth chart? You can also do it it's like a bigger spread too if you want to pull a card for each house of your chart, like as transits are moving through too. But temperance is my first house and I have Mars and Venus conjunct. And I also think it's like a blending of masculine and feminine energies. It's like, I feel like the death has to happen so that I can be a different version of myself that's like this unique combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what that looks like. So that's why I got to die. Oh. Uh, you know, spiritually. I feel you. Oh, let's do one more, right? Yes, Julie. Julie, where are you? Where are you heading towards? So I'm, I wanted to ask if you think there's a card that represents like two steps forward, one step back, because that's where I've been. <laughs> and I don't know which card it is. I know which cards I would like to be. Like, I love the magician, um, you know, manifesting all the things I want, all my potential. And I love, I always look at the strength card to like, give me strength when I'm not having enough of it. So I know I want to embody the strength card, but which card is, yeah, which card I'm in now, I don't know, but it's definitely been uh, steps forward and then, you know, hitting some, some obstacles that just seem to like a small obstacle seems to throw me so far back. And then I have to struggle and, you know, to get just equilibrium again so that I can start moving forward again. Yeah. That's actually a really good question. I want to take it to everybody here. My first hit would be eight of wands reversed would be like movement forwards that then also gets pulled back. Like there's this kind of struggle there. Mm -hmm. That um, was exactly the card I was thinking. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. um, anybody else have any ideas about a card that might indicate two steps forwards, one step back? Hmm. Six of swords. Maybe you're moving forward, but you feel the pull. Yeah. You're in that kind of liminal space for sure. I think that's great. Um, all right, everybody, let's... Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for sharing. Um, and I just want to say Bryn, Bryn's response to our death temperance conversation is, well, do we ever really die? And I would say no, but I can't be an expert on that. I don't know. But I think, yeah, it's like we're always changing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that we ever truly die. I don't think anything truly dies, but the forms change. Yeah. Death is just a door, Taylor Shirley Scorpio legend says, getting that door tattooed on your arm. Who knows where it'll take you? All right, one more question for y'all. In the spirit of Leo season, it's about us. <laughs> the question is, how did you find us and what keeps you listening? Because we're like, how did you find us? <laughs> where did you come from? Where did you come from? 
<laughs> so Taylor sharing through James R. Eads, uh-huh. who's an amazing queer uh, artist and tarot deck designer. Yes, yes. Oh, and because we're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Right answer. Uh, oh, Heartbeat House. Heartbeat House. Yes. Love the that. one and only Coombe Butler. Um, do Tandy at Unicorn Wellness. Yes, that was fun. We need to do another one of I those. I know, I love that, Tandy. Insta. Um, through our Insta. Thank you. We try. Oh, yeah, we were on Cosmic Cousins a thousand years ago. Oh, wow, yeah. Well, that's great. Um, oh, my gosh, through Flapper Press. All uh, these, like, different branches of the tree. Yes, I love this. Yes. Through Mantis. Awesome. Uh, we live. We love, love Mantis. Mantis. Through Queer Tea. Amazing. Somebody, you know, I have no idea like who actually reads those taroscopes because I never get like any like numbers on that. So I literally just like, it's like I send them off into the void and then every once in a while, somebody like like, through Queerty, I'm like, oh, people read it. Because sometimes the comments on those taroscopes, you guys are not very friendly. They're not nice. They're not nice. But sometimes uh, the nicest comment was like, all of this is bullshit, but they're very good looking. And I was like, you know what? I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's see. Natalie Miles. Um, awesome. Love Natalie Miles. Oh, you know, we aspire to have a beautiful, loving relationship. We're really not trying to put it on for y'all. This is no, this is real. What we're doing. Um, yeah, Natalie. Yes. Oh, through the Numinous. Y'all, you heard it here first. I'm going to be the Numinous tarot reader in residence starting next month again. It's I've back. been asked back. Yay. And I said, of course, because I live for the Numinous. <laughs> also, I use the word numinous all the time now because it's such a great word. I highly encourage you to add it to your vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, I'll see some more queerty, numinous. Uh, a Salita string. I used to take classes with Brandon, and one early morning you were wearing a famous witch's shirt, singing, and closed class with a Mary Oliver poem. I mean, if that is not, like, exactly <laughs> my life right there. <laughs> And then you said, if you ladies are here because you want your bodies to look hot, look elsewhere. We're here to heal. <laughs> I know. It made me a very unpopular Pilates instructor. Oh, yeah. Some of the people were not happy. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Well, goddess bless you, Salita. Oh, my goddess. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Conrad, a random search on Spotify. Who believe? Let's see. it. Why I keep returning? Feels like home. Learn so much. Oh my God, you're home in the universe. Taking it back to Julie Pfefferman's yes. alternate tagline. We're trying, guys. Uh, let's see. We're at soul crush status at this point. Loving that you can actually <laughs> hear me talk back to you in real time. Oh. Well, Bryn, who is on here, is the one responsible for our amazing new logo. So send Bryn some some love in the yeah. chat. Taylor Shirley's next tattoo after the death part. <laughs> I mean... And yeah, oh, and Salita just saying, we keep returning because of the community healing kindness humor, your big hearts. Yeah, it's the amazing humans, right? It's the like community that comes together. Um, you know, obviously through the podcast, you maybe not feel that um, entirely unless you're like sharing it with people. And just the thought that like people might be like having conversations about what they heard on the spiritual gaze with each other is so funny to me. Um, but um, ultimately, like, yeah, we get to create all these dope community spaces like this one. Um, but, um, but yeah, that is, I think for me, why I keep coming back. Why do you keep coming back to this show? Oh my gosh, you put me on the spot. I don't know. Why do I keep coming back? Cause I feel like compelled. I feel compelled. It's really like, it's something that Angel and I 
kind of started on a whim and it has its own spirit. It has its own intentions and its own agency. And our job is just to keep tending to it. I feel responsible to it now. Like it's, it's probably a teenager now, I feel like. And so I have to, (laughs) I have to do some good parenting with it. That's what keeps me coming back. Mm -hmm. And also honestly, because like, it makes me feel a whole lot less alone in the world to connect with all of you beautiful people and to understand that the conversations just the two of us have been having, you know, having on a much larger platform. Yeah. Oh, Lori Lou's asked a question of us, which I think is actually a really good question. How has doing the podcast changed us? Has it changed us? Yeah. I mean, for me, I'll just say like, I'm just so much more open with my like witchy queer humanness. You know, like there's no hiding because I'm like Capricorn Moon because I'm like, it's my business, you know? So I'm like, I like my heart is my business. So I got to share it. Yeah. And I think for me, just in general, it's like pushed me to just stand in a spotlight a bit more. That wasn't really something that comes easy to me as like a multiple 12th 12th house placement person, you know, kind of standing in the shadows has always been a little easier or helping promote other people. So this is... Though it started out as something that I thought would exist in the shadows because it was just a podcast. I was like, oh, here's my voice. I think it's helped me become even more vulnerable, outwardly vulnerable, I should say, and feeling okay about being seen for that. Yeah. So curious, does anyone else have any questions for us? How did we meet? Well, we met in a Pilates class that Brandon was teaching. (laughs) But there was no Mary Oliver poem then. No, it was very early days. It was very early days. There was probably singing, but there was no there was no poetry. Well, no, there was no singing because Brandon was sick as a dog and he should not have been teaching that day. And my friend brought me um, under the guise of you should meet this cute dude who I think you'll get along with. And I was like, oh, wow, that old chestnut and went. And I actually had seen Brandon multiple times because he taught near at the Applies class on the studio. block where he lived. Yeah, so I would walk by it all the time and see the cute guy teaching. And we would make eye contact through the windows, I realized. And then I went to the class and walked in and I was like, oh, this guy's coughing. It's like, what? I'm just going to get sick. Was this literally teaching from a chair. Like I was that ill. Well, and, and except for the time he came over to give me an adjustment. And the whole time I was like, stop touching me. Sure enough. Because he was so cute. And I was like, you guys never take my class. Like I'm going to lay hands on. Yeah. <laughs> so sure enough. I got sick the next day, which was a complete turnoff from him. But then a month later, I went to a club night that my friend was at. And she said, I think Brandon's going to be there. And I was like, oh, all right. Um, And I was kind of apprehensive to go the whole time. But the universe kept pushing us together there. And then we spent the whole night together dancing. And then we talked astrology over turkey sandwiches at like 2 in the morning. And the The rest rest is is history. history. So that's how we met. It was like a, it was, I mean, it was actually a fix up. Yeah. Courtesy of Pilates in a club called Rhonda. Uh, let's see. If you had to send someone who has never heard the show, just one Spirit Talk episode from the show. Oh, Lord. Ooh. That's a really good question. Just one. That's hard. There's so many good ones, including our very first Spirit Talk ever with Lori Lou, who's, who's in attendance. In attendance. Today. Yeah. I would say it's a neck and neck between Lori Lou, the career whisperer. Yeah. And probably Tracy McMillan. Because I feel like the two of you had spirit talks that were very accessible. Like, they, like I mean, obviously my favorite episode is the Rachel Pollock episode, but that's like a deep <laughs> cut. Do you know what I mean? Like you send that to somebody who like doesn't know anything about like tarot and they're gonna be like, what is this? So I feel like 
Lori Lou also always talks about like hiding the spiritual spinach and everything she does. She blends it up. So I feel like Lori is a really good gateway drug to spirituality because you don't even realize you're high. And then you're like, what is this? Um, yeah. And I'd say my other tie would be probably one of our recent ones with Gabby Rivera, which I really love. Oh, that was a great one. Who's a writer. Um, yeah, that one. Um, just really spoke to me personally on so many levels. Um, but honestly, there, there's so many good ones. We had a great conversation with Shireen Marisol Miraji, um, who co-hosts co the show, um, Coats. Well, she has. She's just she's leaving now, the NPR show Code Switch, because she's going to Berkeley. So a lot of good ones. But that was a really good question. Thank you. Um, and you can find these talks just on all of our podcast platforms. But interestingly, we have there the first, like, I think, Few of them are not on Spotify because they changed their thing and we just haven't gone back and fixed it because I'm afraid it's going to like crash everything. So if you want to find some of the first episodes, you have to like go through Podbean or Apple Podcasts. Or... Yeah, I have them all organized on the website actually yes. under podcast. I haven't updated like the latest ones from this year, but I will now do that this week. And you can literally click on it and it'll take you to the Podbean link for those early episodes. Mm-hmm. And they're all organized by like spirit talk, astrology, tarot, spiritual skills, things of that nature. All right. I think we should keep moving. We want to play a little game with y'all. We are going to pull up photos of Noche and you are going to tell us <laughs> what's, what's Noche thinking? thinking. So here we go. We've got a couple of these. And I'm going to describe them. For yeah, because the we understand home. this is a podcast. We're going to post them on the Instagram. Yes. So you can play along on the Insta once this shows up. Um, but for the people here, um, we just want to, <laughs> just a ridiculous oh game. This is... And it's Leo season and it's almost his birthday. So we figured, why not? Okay, so here's the first photo. Can everybody see this? So Noche is laying on an unmade bed. He's looking kind of like despondent. Like you can see the white of his eye. I would say he's maybe languishing. Is, is how I would describe this photo. Don't be too leading. Sorry, I'm not trying to be too leading. <laughs> Taylor says, Noche's thinking, when will my husband return from war? <laughs> Gold star. Gold star. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone... Oh, I miss the sound of those baby birds too. <laughs> uh, totally. Noche, Noche literally just sighed really loudly, by the way, in yeah. the background. Feed me cookies. <laughs> Is this heaven? No, it's nap time. Yeah. I mean, every time is nap time. When will Mercury station direct? <laughs> All right. Awesome. Okay. What about this one where Noche is literally just like immersed in blankets with his tongue sticking out? out. Oh, for the last one, Conrad said Madonna again. Yeah. Though Noche is could... always thinking. Yeah. I would say that would also probably go for this one as well. Want to see my best Albert Einstein impression? <laughs> oh my God. He does look like Albert Einstein. I love that. Here's Noche mid-yawn, cuddled up to a cactus pillow. <laughs> What's Noche thinking? It is Leo season. Hear me roar. Cute. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> Tell me when it's over. You kids get off my front lawn. <laughs> totally. He does look like crouchy old man there. Okay, uh, this is one of our favorite photos of Noche. He's wearing like a rainbow elf outfit with like a little like hat with a hood and like a rainbow pom-pom ball. Yes. What's Noche thinking here? <laughs> Get this the fuck off of me. I think he is thinking that for sure. Yeah. My dad dressed me totally. My dads are ridiculous, but I love them. 
Totally. Y'all are so gay. <laughs> yes, Noche is thinking that all the time. Uh, I'll wear it because I love you, not because I want to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to scare away any big cats this way. No, definitely not. Uh, the bobcat's just going to curl up and laugh. All right, last one. <laughs> What's Noche thinking? So this photo is Noche sitting in his bed underneath a large portrait of okay. himself. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exists. Yeah, what of it? It's lonely at the top. Kneel before my throne. So you finally return to court. <laughs> I do decorate like Samantha from Sex in the City. Totally got to have that portrait. Pop culture was an art. Now art's in pop culture in me. Oh my God, hysterical. Noche <laughs> does like to quote Gaga for sure. <laughs> it's very art pop. I love that. This was in his art pop era. All right. Well, thank you all for playing along with our incredibly ridiculous game. We do really do appreciate it. And we'll post all these photos to the Instagram for those of you who are listening and like, I want to see these photos. Exactly, we will. All right, Brandon is pulling the cards together for the tarot card. But while he's doing that, I'm just going to throw this out to Ms. Lori Lou, who is here. And because she is here and she is the career whisperer. And I do feel like this year is a huge year of transition for a lot of people. Lori, would you maybe just like give us like some little, just, you know, your best nugget of wisdom and how people can move through this time. Oh, hi guys. First of all, this was absolutely amazing seeing you two in action. Oh my God. It's, it's everything. I can't wait for more of these or for you to start recording um, with cameras so we can see your beautiful faces more often and maybe a little noche action too. But, um, I really think one of the best things we can do is have a good morning routine. I think that starting with some gratitude first thing, they say that if you can think about the five things you're grateful for and not just rattle off kind of a sunset and uh, Angel and Brandon's latest podcast, but really kind of get into the moment, it can set you up with a good attitude for the rest of the day. And that's going to allow um, spirit to kind of come through and tell you what needs to what it needs to tell you and what you need to hear. And I also think journaling is one of the best things. I've been doing it for 11 years now. And it's been one of the single greatest things I've ever done. I actually include what I'm grateful for at the end of every journal entry. And most of my clients, I mean, these are CEOs and um, executives and founders of, of big companies. They're journaling and doing gratitude journals as well. And they feel like it's been life-changing for them. So that's what I would do. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I think that's so helpful, right? Because it like puts you in direct conversation with yourself. And even the more you do it, the more like your subconscious, your unconscious pulls through. And as we're all moving toward like just greater authentic expression of ourselves, it's good to be in communication with all the depths. I feel like that was for me because my morning routine is in shambles. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to integrate it. <laughs> Thank you, babe. Thanks, Lori. All right, it's now time for our tarot card of the episode. All right, so just take a moment and connect to the cards by listening in to the sound of them being shuffled. And we're just asking for one card to help us make the most of our time, of the opportunities, of the cosmic influences until we meet again. And just trusting that this card will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. Mm. Seven of Cups. 
So Seven of Cups really presents us with opportunity. And it wants us to look at all the different cups that are available for us. Sevens are a deeply spiritual number because it was the first seven planets that were visible to the naked eye. So it's trying to organize us in some sort of way through like a spiritual um, organizing principle. So we're being presented with a lot of opportunities, but that doesn't mean we have to choose immediately. And so it's really a time to try it all on. Continuing with that like Gemini theme we were talking about, like Mercury and Gemini is like going to the dream store and trying dreams on like they were dresses and like looking in the mirror and being like, how does this dream look? Like, how does this dream look? And then eventually choosing from your heart. Because the other thing about the Seven of Cups is there's a lot of Neptune here. So there's a lot of delusion. There's a lot of like, is it a dream or is it a fantasy? And so Virgo can help us understand like, okay, well, this is a dream, but the fantasy is about like the work you think that's required to get there. You know, like dreams require tenacity to some degree. What I also love about this card too is just like the fact that the figure's in shadow, but also is in like the void per se. Like we are all in a moment of infinite possibility. There's so much that actually lies before us. And like Angel was saying, take a journey to your heart and see which cup your heart wants, as opposed to the one that you think your best self would want, right? Because when we choose the cup that we think we're supposed to choose, we can end up with a lot of heartbreak. Whereas when we choose the cup that our heart wants, even if we don't understand why it wants that cup in the first place, we actually end up somewhere infinitely more rewarding, somewhere that we, in some ways, were destined to be. That's my take. I think the dream I'm going to uh, plant is that we get to a point in this existence where we can just travel around and be in live person communion with all of you. That would be the dream of dreams for oh me. Oh goddess, it really would. Yeah, to get to visit all the places where all of our gazers are. And um, do we're this coming for thing. you, South Africa, yeah, New Zealand, Australia, <laughs> Toronto, Houston, mm -hmm. Iceland, Iceland. Yeah, we get a lot of streams from Iceland. Maybe and I just know. want to say, I know that there are a lot of gazers that are unable to be here because of the time. And we just want to let you all know that the next time we do this, we'll choose like a Pacific evening time to allow for those of you like in New Zealand and Australia who are like, I love y'all, but like, there's no way I can make it at like at four in the, in the morning, morning yeah. on a Monday. <laughs> and we respect you yes. for having that boundary. Yeah. But um, for those of you who could make it here to our live virtual audience, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate you taking time out of your lives to be in presence with us. Um, and of course, to all of you out there listening to us, we really appreciate it. Um, thank you for just continuing to uh, send us such great energy and being a part of this wonderful community. Yeah, you know where to find us. Uh, you can visit our website, thespiritualgaze.com, and you can check out our spirit school offerings. We have three beautiful classes that are going to be starting as soon as later this month. You can also find us on Instagram at thespiritualgaze, Twitter, spiritualgaze. And until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual gaze.